welcome to the How Not to Screw Up Your Kids podcast. So pour yourself a cuppa, find a comfy seat and enjoy the conversation. This is episode 38 and today's episode takes a slightly different tack to parenting. Looking at it from the perspective of, if only I knew. It takes the approach, if I knew then what I know now, how would I parent differently? I believe quite strongly that it is never never too late to start afresh. We genuinely cannot screw up our kids if we approach parenting consciously. And by that I mean constantly reflecting back on the choices we've made and why we've made them and then making changes when we need to. So if you're an expectant parent with your first child and you're listening to this or you're expecting your second, third, fourth, fifth child, or maybe you're a parent looking at making a fresh start with your parenting, this episode is for you. I love the saying, when we know better, we can do better. I think it's something Oprah says a lot. And of course, everything Oprah says is incredibly insightful. Sorry, my fan crush is coming out there. But when we think about this saying as a parent, to me, it's about the fact we parent with the knowledge we have at that time. When new information comes to light, then we generally adapt and change our parenting with this new knowledge. I want to share with you today three things I think we really do know about parenting, which we didn't know even when I started my parenting journey all those 22 years ago. And it's something which I believe is key when we are raising a generation of children living in a digital, fast-paced world where comparison is rife. If we could start with the end in mind and with the knowledge I am going to share, particularly around the knowledge that we now know about children's mental health being a huge challenge for them, how would we choose to start our parenting journey? Now, here are the three things that, in my opinion, are key. And the first, and you will have possibly guessed this if you have listened to my podcast regularly, my first one is it has to start with you. Your parenting style, your baggage from your past, your issues you're trying to fix for your child which weren't dealt with properly in your childhood. Because if we do this, this will help us avoid parenting our inner child, our lost childhood, rather than the actual child that we have. Maybe you went to boarding school and had the most awful time. Maybe you went to boarding school and loved it and still have those friendships now. Maybe you went to a comprehensive school and always feel it's held you back. Maybe you went to a grammar school and failed miserably and wish your parents had pushed you more. Maybe you were never able to learn to ride, play the piano, go on holiday. Maybe you just felt unheard, painfully shy, pushed too much to excel, not pushed enough, limited in some way. Whatever our experiences are of our childhood, they profoundly impact our decisions as parents. Right from the beginning, when we're expecting our first child, we pour over every decision, whether it's our birth plan, our pain relief, how we feed our child, which vaccinations we give them, what car seat to buy. Goodness me, we even buy new cars, new homes and start new jobs. We pore over books which tell us about the best way to get a baby to go to sleep, how to wean them so that they don't become fussy eaters. 
what audios they need to listen to to keep their brains in tip-top condition to learn new languages. We check their progress against milestones and then we worry if they haven't ticked that box yet. The list goes on and it is all fueled by our desire to be the best possible parents. But there can often be an underlying current of wanting to undo any perceived or actual mess-ups our parents did to our childhood. And it can be exhausting. We absolutely do want to learn and parent as best as we can. But we need to be self-aware. So we are making decisions based on what our child needs and not what our inner child wanted. Sit with that for a minute because it's really important to consider this. When we talk about our inner child, it's we're adults, we're parents, we're holding down jobs, we're paying mortgages, we're driving cars, we're making decisions. And yet within this adult frame, there is often that inner child that yearns for things that may or may not have taken place when we were children. And when we become parents, that inner child often comes out in really unexpected situations, whether that's the inner child that takes right back to being that awkward, shy six-year-old in the playground who struggled to find friends, or whether it takes us back to that 13-year-old that felt gangly and awkward because they were taller than everybody else. We've got to remember that these all impact and quite often we don't realise this until we find ourselves in that situation. But we have to be honest, we have to recognise that this is happening and that we need to act on that. So how do we do this? We have to build in a reflective practice to our parenting from day one. And for me, that day one starts the minute you get a blue line on that pregnancy kit. Well, maybe it's no longer a blue line. You know what I mean? It was a blue line when I was taking the tests. Is it too late if you're listening to this episode and you're one child in, four children in, or raising grandchildren? Absolutely not. Remember the saying, we can only do better when we know better. Whether you choose to keep a long handwritten journal, jot down some bullet points of observation, or talk through things weekly with your partner, the choice is yours. Just make sure you reflect at least once a week and act on any observations you make which need refinement. This is a practice of reflection, of just noticing aspects of your parenting. How does that reflect back on how you were parented? Is that something that you resonate with? Is it something that you're doing because you remember your parents doing it and you thought that that was a really great thing? Or are you acting in a slightly different way that might not always be in the best interests of your child, but because you want to create opportunities for them that you feel that you did not have? That's what the reflective practice is all about. And I think when we ask ourselves the question, if only I knew when our children become adults, one of the first things I would say is, is it absolutely has to start with you. The second one is that we need to kind of approach this from is what kind of adult do we want to raise? And I want you to think about qualities, not prospects and this is so important and something that I feel incredibly passionate about. Now I don't want you thinking about raising an adult with a good job, a nice house, a stable romantic relationship, 
children and all of the things that come with that. I want you thinking about the important attributes to you which embody the kind of adult you want to raise. Now, think of this particular saying. I'm full of sayings this time, but bear with me. But think about this particular saying. What we measure gets done. When raising my now 22-year-old son and my 18-year-old daughter, what mattered to me more than anything else, and this is genuinely the case, was that they were both decent human beings. They were kind, loyal, trustworthy, respectful of differences, generous, emotionally sensitive to others' needs. These mattered more to me than intelligence, competitiveness, ambitiousness and being determined because I truly felt and still do that if they could embody all of these other characteristics, they would grow up to be successful in any field they chose to be in. Now, the reason why this part is so important goes back to the saying, what gets measured gets done. If we want adult children who are loyal, I am measuring and holding them to account for their loyalty to friends, their loyalty to the commitments they make to others, and their loyalty to themselves and their well-being. Because as their parent, as their mother, I'm measuring it by the way I communicate and teach them, I know these qualities will become part of who they are, and I am so incredibly proud to say my children are the most loyal adults to their friends and to themselves. But what it also means, if that is when I'm thinking about the qualities that I want my children to embody as adults, it also means that when I go about my parenting and I, let's say, go to a parent's evening, now, well, those days are long gone now, but when I used to go, whilst of course I was interested in how they were both getting on academically, what really mattered to me, what mattered more than anything else, was how were they demonstrating loyalty at school. So when we start with the end in mind, what kind of adult do we want to raise? And this is quite a big, and you might sort of argue potentially a quite a philosophical piece, but it's such an important piece to do and such an important discussion that I don't necessarily think that we have with our other halves, because we get so caught up in those early days, weeks, months of just surviving sleep deprivation, and then their feeding and then all of these other various bits and then they're toddling around and then we're trying to manage and contain that and we're juggling work and all of these things that we very rarely I think sit down and have these conversations of actually what kind of adult do we want this young child to become and where do these values and qualities come from why are these important to us why are they important to me why are they important to you as my partner And how might we go about raising a child that embodies those qualities? You know, this is quite a big and important piece for us to be making sure that we do. And for those of you who are listening to this podcast and expectant, then you can have these conversations. You have the advantage of if only I knew because we're sharing this. But if you are a parent like I am with a 22 year old and an 18 year old or even grandchildren, it's never too late. If only I knew well, let's have a look at, you know, it has to start with you thinking about the things that come from your own childhood, from your inner child, from your, how you were parent that you bring as you parent your children, remembering that you're parenting the child that you have, not the inner child that you want to correct. 
And then the second one is looking at what kind of adult ultimately do I want to raise? What qualities do I want that adult child to embody and to become? Because then I feel I've done the best possible job that I can as their parent. The third of my three strategies is how do the qualities of the adult we want to raise translate to our family values? These then become our non-negotiables. So, for example, if you too wanted to raise children who are loyal, then this too becomes a family value and with it comes an expectation that promises are kept, for example. If you value honesty, then as a family, being truthful becomes a non-negotiable. And that becomes ingrained in how you parent and telling the truth is rewarded, even if it means your child is admitting to an error in judgment. We have to also remember that children are much more likely to do what they see than what we say. So we have to hold ourselves to account for also demonstrating these same values and to reflect regularly on any contradictions which are creeping into our daily life. Do we talk about valuing family and connection, yet we work 60 hours a week? No judgment, just a reminder that knowledge is power. Do we say we value openness and communication, yet we bottle up all of our feelings and frustrations and we don't communicate effectively what we need? If your actions continually contradict your commentary, you need to examine whether these values are truly yours or make changes so that you act in a more accordance to these values. Again, this is why I strongly believe a reflective practice is so important from the perspective of, if only I knew, and also parenting in general. We're human beings. We get caught up in our day-to-day. We get caught up in the autopilot and just rinse and repeat, which is why a reflective practice can be so crucial to all aspects of our parenting because then we can check in on ourselves and actually question ourselves sometimes. You know, I say that this value is really important. We, we talk about this value, but actually, is it no longer serving us? Is it something that I thought or we thought was important as a family value? But nowadays it's not. So it's not about beating ourselves up. It's not about chastising ourselves for being bad parents. It's simply being open and honest because our actions must be in alignment with what we say, what we hold ourselves to account, the language that we use. Otherwise, this is where we get the contradictions. And often, as you will no doubt have had, where your children then pull you up on patterns of behaviour. You know, for example... I've been quite open about conversations I've had with my children about device use and yet they've always pulled me up. So I've said, you're always on your mobile phones all of the time. But they're very quick to say, well, actually, mum, you're always checking your work emails. So let's remember that our children are, even if they don't verbalise it, as my children often did, they're aware of the contradictions that we demonstrate in our behaviour each and every day. So let's make sure that we reflect, we consider and we keep those in check and then we refine and tweak all of the time. Parenting is a work in progress. It happens on the job all of the time. So it's not set in stone. So let me just remind you of the three strategies that we've talked about. The first as is quite often the case, is it has to start with you. We have to reflect on aspects of how we were parented and what came up from our own childhood to make sure that the decisions that we're making and the choices that we're making for our children come from a place of parenting the child we have 
and not the inner child, our inner child or our childhood, which was lost. The second is focusing in with the end in mind. What kind of adult do we want to raise? What are the qualities that we really want them to embody? And then we can then work backwards. If those are the qualities that we want them to embody, if that's the person that we want them to become, with full awareness of how our own upbringing and our own childhood can impact that, and we've had those conversations with our partner, how can we then almost reverse engineer? If that's where we know we're going, how can we make sure that our path and the path that we take then gets us to that place? And then finally, how do the qualities of this adult that we want to raise then translate into the family values, our non-negotiables, the way that we live and breathe our family life each and every day? Now, I have two gifts for you this week. My usual checklist with the three key strategies, but this time we're going to give you a bit of space so that you can use the strategy as a reminder as usual, but you can also use them practically so that you can reflect on these. And as usual, head over to my free resource library, drmaryhan.com forward slash library, where you'll find the link to download the resource. All you need to do is pop in your email address and you'll get instant access not only to this week's resource, but all of the other free resources across all my podcast episodes. My other give is a link to my very own How Not to Screw Up Your Kids notebook, which is available to purchase from Amazon. It's a super simple A5 paperback lined notebook where you can keep all of your notes together. We'll include the link to buy in the show notes and also the resource. As ever, if you have enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you could follow and review this podcast so that others can find us and we can spread the love. So until next time. (music)